Hello and welcome to Two Old Guys on the Back Porch. I am Steve Scotch, and we have the lovely and talented cat at CAT taking too many selfies. What's going on, cat? Hey, how y'all doing? We can be found on, let's see, Google says they're not going to do a podcast platform. They all want us to go to YouTube. You're not going to see the two of us on YouTube. Boo, Google. But you can see us on Audible uh apple Podcasts and all your other premier podcast platforms uh today we're going to shout out two european cities that seem to like us a lot one is messina sicily italy messina is was known to be the capital of sicily and the region was very powerful a lot of uh trade going on very busy port there in in sicily our other town is Norit, France. Norit is the center of insurance industry and commercial services. It's a market town, agricultural productive, and neighboring farmlands. Giving y'all a round of applause. All right. Alcohol is always being consumed here on the back porch. I always wondered why we limited happy hour to an hour you know here on the back porch we have happy all afternoon and all night hour i don't know i think the bars and restaurants need to get on board with that um today i'm having straight bourbon whiskey from bell isle moonshine here in richmond virginia my wifey uh my best friend in the world got me this limited edition bottle of bourbon from Bell Isle Moonshine, and it has the Ed Trask artistry on it. There was only 5,921 bottles produced right. to this batch, and wifey got bottle number 921, which is kind of weird. Um, Ed Trask was the drummer for a band here from Richmond back in the day called Avail. Avail was very popular up and down the East Coast. It was like late 80s, into the 90s. Right. Um, I saw them in a basement one time. They they kicked ass. So anyway, wifey got me this fifth of bourbon from Belle Isle. Which it's is- 107 proof, but it's very smooth. It is. It's kind of kicking my butt. We'll see what happens later. Kat, what you got? Um, when this comes out, will be the Thursday before um, Super Bowl. And I don't know if girlfriend's going to be up in the luxury suite, but this is a Taylor Swift's favorite drink. It's called the French Blonde. It's two ounces of Le Blanc, two ounces of grapefruit, an ounce of gin, a half an ounce of elderflower, and like a teaspoon of lemon juice. It's pretty good. Called a what? Uh, The French Blonde. Wow. She wished. All right. Sounds sweet like you, babe, and Taylor. (laughs) Thanks, doll. <laughs> All right, today we're going to look at the oddity of leap year. And here in 2024, we do have another extra day added to the year. Um, another day we can party, another day we have to go to work. Uh, just another day to do what you want. Hit the uh, history with Steve music. I think this is it. Believe it or not, 
the Roman Emperor Julius Caesar decided. Can you turn it down a little bit? The history with Steve music. Turn it down a little bit. Okay. The Roman Emperor Julius Caesar decided in 46 BC, that's before Christ, that every four years, one day is to be added to the calendar to align the calendar year with the solar year. Or pretty much the length of time it takes, what, the Earth to complete its orbit around the sun, which is about 365 and a quarter days. So what would happen if we didn't observe leap year? Our calendar would be off 25 days every 100 years. Right. If my math is close. So uh, how about that? Julius Caesar, right, who he was killed by senators way back in the day, came up with leap year. Ides of March. Wow. So this year we get 366 days. And if, if you were born on February 29th, you get to celebrate your birthday. Finally. So do it up. What are they called? They're called leapings. Leap, are they? Leapings. People that are born. Because then they, they got to wait another four years. Right. Before they can do it again. There are four million people around the world that are leapings. You know, the rest of us, we get more days to enjoy being alive. But how about, how about a pregnant woman who's due around late February? Now, she's thinking, please, please, not... Not on February 29th. No, no. <laughs> she doesn't get to pick. But doesn't he, don't you think that goes through their head? Like, uh, when, when are we going to celebrate Junior's birthday? Right. Now, here in the U.S., we have a population of 342 million people. And 205,000 were born on leap year. Now, that, that's a lot of people, but kind of a small percentage. But when do leap year babies celebrate? I guess the obvious is just February 28th. Yeah. Okay. But some do March celebrate on March 1st. doesn't quite roll. You know, I look at the calendar and see which day kind of fell on the weekend. or kind of close and roll with that. Now, just, just think about how about looking at the calendar year after year. And not seeing the day you were born even printed on it. <laughs> you know, is that a little psychological wacko? Like, what's up with that? I think it's kind of weird. Yeah, he, suppose you're like filling out a government form and you've got the little box thing. And you, it it's falls not down and you're trying an to find option. the date. <laughs> it's not on there. That's a good point. I never thought about that. I have to deal with this stuff at work where that come, the calendar comes up. The day's not on. It'll be on there this year. Computers are very smart. Here's some celebrities born on leap year, sort of. Uh, ja Rule. Um, is Ja going to do the Fry Fest this year? I haven't heard. They're trying to have it. Idiot. Superman, who's not even a real person, was born on leap year. Mike Foster from the band, you guessed it, Foster the People. Tony Robbins. You young cats might not know him. 
he was like a motivational speaker. I think, is he still ripping people off? I think sure. he's out there with his Botox face. Pedro Sanchez, uh, not the character on Napoleon Dynamite, but the prime minister of Spain. So don't get him confused. Born on leap year. Alex Rocco, great actor, uh, godfather. Okay. Yeah. Uh, here's another one the young cats ain't going to know, Donna Shore. Oh, but, my um, Lord. She was big time back in the day. She was like the nice girl. Back in the 50s yeah. or whatever. But, you know, I looked, because I do a lot of work for this podcast, a lot of research. Oh Not really big celebrities born on leap year, kind of. It, it's a small percentage. Um, the Summer Olympics is always on the year that we have leap year. Yeah, you're right. Yep. Never thought about that. Now, here's another thought for the pregnant ladies. Like, say the doctor wants to schedule, I don't know, a c-section or it's time to do the uh what is it called inducing well you were there for two of them so you you've had and just say it's well, the, actually <laughs> we're only there for one but it's the end of february you can bet none of those are scheduled for the 29th but you know the tricky part about you know the women being induced is the baby could come what in a couple hours or right. it might be a couple next day or whenever so, anyway, all your planning to avoid the 29th could just go down the tubes. No pun intended. All right. What about the old dudes? Okay. Say you're like in your 80s or 90s. You're born on February 29th. Huh. You know, this leap year could be their last. Okay. Because four, four years, that's, that's a pretty good stretch. There's a pretty good movie. 2010 it came out and it's just called leap year nothing special um amy adams matthew good and they did actually film it in dublin it's a very irish flick but i liked it you know the premises of the movie is on february 29th it's okay for a woman to propose to a man yeah, see, that's where I get confused because I remember back in the day, you know, at school, we would always have a Sadie Hawkins dance in February, maybe tie it in with Valentine's Day or something. But I always thought that that's why it was Sadie Hawkins Day because it was the 29th. Right. That's when the ladies can take over. So just remember that, you know, if you want to uh, drag your man down the aisle. There's a club for people born on February 29th. It's the Honor Society of Leap Year Day Babies. And the goal of the group is just to promote Leap Year Day awareness and help Leap Day babies get in touch. Pretty cool. But anyway, that's it. Just want to throw it out there. Not a lot of people think about it, but it's getting ready to go down. All right, let's roll right into One Tough Awesome Lady. Sarah Thomas, 50 years young from Pascagoula, Mississippi. Say that three times or try to spell it. Not Mississippi, the Pascagoula I would think part. that would be an Indian name. Gotta be. Sarah Thomas, first woman to officiate a major college football game 
a college bowl game and was hired as the first full-time female official by the NFL, which was in 2015. Way to get with the times there, NFL. And Sarah Thomas, she was a hell of an athlete uh, on her own, um, ruled in softball in high school, got a basketball scholarship, was an academic All-American at the University of Mobile. Um, you don't really hear that word anymore, academic, mentioned anymore in college athletics. And Sarah did it the hard way. She officiated high school games, officiated in the Conference USA, worked her way up the ranks into the NFL. And in one game in 2016, Sarah got way, she just got knocked out on the sidelines and hurt her wrist. It was broken. And she just rubbed a little dirt on it and finished the game. You go, girl. Sarah was on the officiating crew for the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 55? Right. I think it was in 2021. Now, this isn't her only gig. She also does marketing for an at-home hospice group. Mm-hmm. Very, very awesome lady. And that makes Sarah Thomas one tough, awesome lady. All right. We're not watching. Anything. We're watching. And this is the fourth season or ever of True Detective. And it's called there on HBO. You can also watch it on Max. Um, it's called True Detective Night Country. It's... Uh, Based there in Alaska, in a small town, Alaska. It's a mining town. Uh, it's pretty good so far. It's starring Jodie Foster, plays uh, Chief Liz Danvers, little brust, but very skilled detective, alongside uh, alongside Foster. Let's see, debut of Angelina Navarro, passionate state trooper who is determined to solve a cold case from her past. And it all starts, there's like this group of uh, scientists living out, trying to solve some of the problems from global warming. They have uh, all different disciplines. And they all of a sudden, all, a delivery driver comes to drop off some supplies, and they all go missing. And they go out there, and they find them, and they're all naked in one big corpsicle there in the middle of the Alaskan tundra. Nobody has any clothes on. They all look like they've been tortured. And that's how it starts. And I have been a fan of True Detective. Um, I liked the first one with Woody Harrelson. And, you know, and it's always been driven as male and hot. And, you know, some of the other locations were like, Arkansas and Texas and LA. This is a, this is like a going to a completely different place there in Alaska. And a lot of people are being very critical of it, but I think it's also the female element that they're not quite down with, which I think that's very patriarchal to do that. And I'm I'm, you know, I've only watched two episodes. I'm starting to get in it. Some of uh the characters are kind of tied with some of the characters from episode one, they're true detective. And I'm, I'm giving it a chance. It's pretty good. It's very, you know, night country. It's there. 
during December when there's like hardly any light there being near the Arctic Circle. And so far, I'm giving it a chance. It's pretty good. I, I'm going to continue watching it. Because I think when, in the two differences between the two main characters, you know, Jody's character, Danvers, she's very clinical and looks for facts and this, that, and the other. Where the uh, Navarro's character, the state trooper, she's more into spiritual stuff happening. And that's very much into the Induit culture there in the town. So I'm, I'm giving it, check it out. Give it a recommendation. So that's on HBO, like they do eight or nine, then we take a break and come back? No, it's, no. No, it's eight or nine, and that's, that's the the one season. Like, I got you. But does it come back? It'll come back, but probably in another cast. Oh, I got you. Okay. Right. Gotcha. All right. We, We're going to roll right into shot of the week. Kat has whipped us up a couple things. What we got? Um, this is called the vibrator shot. And I'm vibrator? sure it's one of those from like. I'm going to put a vibrator in my mouth? No. Okay. It's probably one of those, you know, sexy things. You tell them at the bar, hey, give her a, a vibrator. She looks like she could need one. Or some bullshit. Is, like this that. must be a girl's drink. It I don't know if I'm going to touch it. <laughs> there, you know what? There are vibrators for dudes. I found that out. All not right, the we're going ago. a little too far. All right, what's in this thing? It looks like concrete. <laughs> <laughs> it's not concrete, it's cream of deba- bananas. Irish oh, cream I... and coconut rum. All right, cheers to you and your vibrator. <laughs> Do we need any lube? All right, here we go. Mm. Uh, I'm feeling a... tropical. That's a little banana. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm gonna say thank you. I don't know why. <laughs> give the vibrator a try if you know what I mean. All right. Today... Give, it, give one to somebody who needs one. <laughs> Woo! I'll have another. All right. Band of the Week. Pale Waves. Formed in 2014 from Manchester, England. Why are all the good bands from? Manchester. The Smiths. Heather Baron Gracie on vocals and guitar. Ciara Duran on drums. Hugo Savannah on guitar. And Charlie Wood on bass. Thank you, Charlie Wood, for having one name in that band I can pronounce. All right. Three albums so far. All packed with good tunes. Pale Waves put out their first song in 2017. Uh, We bumpered one in today called There's a Honey. That song came out in April of 2017. Two months later, they were opening for the 1975 at a sold-out show in Madison Square Garden. Then the end of that year, they headlined their own tour through the States. So what a way to introduce yourself to the world. Um, here's a song we put, oh, hey, you get to go to the Garden and open up for the 1975, which is a band we really like here on the back porch, and I don't know why people say bad shit about them. You're a loser if you do. Heather cites Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries as a major influence. And Heather Perry Gracie kind of looks like she could be Robert Smith's daughter. Um, by the way, Robert Smith of The Cure has no kids. And they said, Heather said in an interview, we don't need to fit into a perfect mold. Uh, we don't need to apologize for being ourselves. We won't change for anyone. 
Yeah, they're like, I mean, I hate to say power girl pop punk. I hate to put a tag on them. And I'm actually a sucker for female power pop. And Pale Waves, they do it very well. Over in the UK, uh, the BBC, NME are all over Pale Waves. Notice everything in England is titled with initials. Um, uh, their next big gig is going to be May 25th. 2024 the slam dunk festival and hatfield uk yeah they're coming over here this year and and roll it again nowhere near us but they're they're just pale waves it's just it's fun light kind of makes you want to move your feet look i'm 60 freaking years old and i'm in the man cave kind of dancing around this stuff nobody can see me so many good songs go to itunes right now download uh these songs i'm serious Right now, Television Romance, Drive, Red, Kiss, and the song we brought in today, There's a Honey. Um, Looking forward to hearing more from this band. Check out Pale Waves wherever you get your music. I want to thank everybody for hanging out on the back porch. and We will see you all down the road. See ya.